Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Hey, we're going to talk this morning about living the Lord's Prayer. I'll explain what that means in just a few moments, but before we get into the message, I want to ask you just right now to pray that prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. Would you join me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that prayer, and we'll talk about it here for this morning. Not just praying that prayer, but living that prayer. Living the Lord's Prayer. Now, today, as Pastor Gary had mentioned, is Super Bowl Sunday. I think everybody in the United States knows that right now. And there's going to be a big game played between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll tell you what, as it pertains to prayer, now we're talking about prayer today, but I can tell you this, there's going to be a lot of prayers going up today for one of two teams to win, all right? And one of two quarterbacks to have their best day. This is the final matchup of the season, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. So... This is being billed as the biggest game in 55 years. The biggest game in 55 years, so we'll see how it plays out. Both teams want the honor of winning the Super Bowl and receiving the Vince Lombardi Trophy, which is a huge accomplishment because only one out of 32 teams can win this trophy. Only one out of 32. Now we're down to the final two. So I've always wondered how God decides who's going to win the game. <laughs> or if he just kinds of just stays clear of that altogether. But there's going to be a lot of prayers going up. So the question today is, will it be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs? Will it be the veteran quarterback Tom Brady, age 43, who's uh, he'll be playing today in his seventh Super Bowl and playing, pardon me, He'll be possibly winning his seventh Super Bowl, but this will be the 10th Super Bowl that he's been played in. That record possibly may never be broken again in history. Or will it be the new kid on the block, Patrick Mahomes, age 25, winning his second Super Bowl? Well, we'll know later today, but I can tell you this. I I can tell you who will win because I get it right every year. The team that wins is the team that has the most points on the board at the end of the game. Amen. (laughs) I get that right every year. Hallelujah. So stay tuned. And by the way, you say, Pastor Perry, why do we talk about the Super Bowl at all? Isn't that kind of carnal? No, it isn't. Let me tell you what. There's a lot that you can learn about leadership. There's a lot that you can learn about takeaways that are even spiritual takeaways by watching sports. If the Apostle Paul was speaking today... He would certainly refer to the Super Bowl just like he referred to the Olympic Games of his day. And then he'd make a spiritual application. So I want you to just enjoy the game today, and I hope the best team will win, and it'll be a great time together, all right? Now, today I want to talk about living the Lord's Prayer. Now, 
Why we talk about living the Lord's Prayer is this. When you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer, you'll begin to live the Lord's Prayer. When you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer, you'll begin to live the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is a very powerful thing. It's conversation with God. It's making our requests known to God. In fact, prayer, everybody keep on praying because prayer is a powerful thing. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results, the Bible says. So the earnest prayer, that's the passionate prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. It produces wonderful results. Praise God. Prayer changes everything. And I want to just, you know, uh, we have two children, Eric and Ashley. Our daughter Ashley grew up, we always knew that she would be a wonderful mother because she worked in the nursery, loved children. She got married about 14 years ago. And after about five years of marriage, her and her husband Jason uh, decided to start a family. And they, they just had every good intention of starting a family in kind of a normal way. But as they were getting ready to have children, their first pregnancy was a miscarriage. And that was kind of just a, oh my goodness, it just kind of brought them down. You know, and so many people have had miscarriages, so many uh, uh, women have had miscarriages and understand how that hurts. Well, the second uh, pregnancy was our first little grandson. His name is Andrew Carter, but Andrew Carter was stillborn. He just needed about two more weeks in the womb, and he would have made it. But we went to the hospital, and he was born, and we had a little funeral for him at the hospital. Had a little cap on. We held him, and we prayed over him. And, uh, but our first grandson, Andrew Carter, was stillborn. And then, after Andrew Carter, thank God, God blessed us with a little uh, girl. Her name is Lillian, and she was our firstborn granddaughter. That was the third pregnancy. And then I just remember, uh, you know, they, they were hoping to have a, another child so that Lillian could have a sister, another brother. But Ashley went from that pregnancy into five more pregnancies and five more miscarriages. I said five, five more. And then on the next one, the sixth one after, now this is nine pregnancies, if you understand me, six miscarriages and uh, uh, or six failed pregnancies and then they were about ready to give up as you can well imagine and I remember taking little Lauren a uh, little Lily our first granddaughter out to the park across the street from our house and she would be all alone through five failed pregnancies she would be all alone just playing alone I would play with her on the swing I'd sit there on the bench and watch her, and I said, man, God, all she needs is a sister. All she needs is, a, is another person to play with. And God, I just pray that you'd give, give us that. And uh, anyway, we went through that, and then uh, Ashley and Jason said, we're going to try one more time. And then she ended up getting pregnant, but then she started to have problems again right in the middle of the pregnancy, just like the others had gone. But man, I'll tell you what, we called the church to prayer. And I remember just calling you to prayer and you prayed for us and we went every single week was another week of progress every single day was a day of progress and God led us through that pregnancy all the way to nine months and along came little Lorne Elizabeth uh, Lily's little, little sister you know just a few days ago I received a note 
from a young mother in our church named Doreen. And Doreen, I just thought I'd take the liberty of sharing your name today. I won't say the last name. But Doreen sent me a birthday card. Her and her husband sent me a birthday card for my 65th birthday. It was a few weeks ago, which was so kind of them. But inside the birthday card, they also tucked in um, a very generous gift, a $50 bill for Ashley. And they said, would you please send this uh, to Ashley? We don't know her address, and, but send it to her because we wanted to get her a little baby gift. And what had happened was that uh, Doreen had seen Ashley's name on a prayer list, Ashley Shelton, and her name is Ashley Shelton. She didn't know that it was Ashley Kellevig, our daughter, so, but she felt impressed to pray for this girl named Ashley Shelton who was having problems bringing children into the world. She prayed for her throughout her pregnancy but didn't know who she was and didn't know who she belonged to, but she said she got to the end of that pregnancy and 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 she still didn't know what the report was but she just felt a peace in her heart one morning when she was praying that everything was going to be okay she didn't know what the results were she just had the prayer request but no praise report or anything like that or or if you're following me so but she just felt a peace that everything was going to be okay then when Ashley finally gave birth to her second daughter little Lauren we shared the victory report with Harvest Church and when Doreen heard the victory report, the dots connected, and she realized that the Ashley that she had been praying for was our daughter, and she sent her a gift and a note here just last week. So our granddaughter, little Lauren, is a miracle baby who was literally brought into this world by the grace of God and the prayers of God's people, people like you and people like Doreen. And so the Bible says this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Hallelujah. We're so glad with our grandkids. By the way, here's a picture of our granddaughters today, and uh, you'll see it come up on the screen. But my little, uh, I have another granddaughter, Eric and Melissa, are, are, are my son, has a daughter named Audrey, and she's on the left. And then at the top of the right, there's little Lillian, our first little granddaughter, a little miracle baby. And then on the bottom there is Lauren, and Lauren is two and a half years old right now. And she's just a joy, as healthy as can be, crawls all over everything. And just so you know that these kids are normal, here's a, here's a picture of Lily and Lauren playing in the mud last week, all right? I think that that'll come up too. So they dress up in princess outfits, but they also, when it rained in Fresno, just a few weeks ago, they got a bunch of rain, and they were out in the backyard having a great day playing in the mud. So thank God for the power of prayer. All right, here's what I wanted to establish first of all. Prayer is a powerful thing, and your prayers avail much, and your prayers make a difference. All right, how many of you will agree with me that God answers prayer and, and to keep on praying? But now I want to talk about for a moment the Lord's Prayer And the Lord's Prayer, as it is called, is the most famous and well-known prayer in the world. In fact, the Lord's Prayer is probably the most prayed prayer in the world. It's prayed by millions of people every day. This is the prayer that I started to pray on my prayer walks 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I started walking and praying six days a week, Monday through Saturday. I still do the same thing today, and I pray the Lord's Prayer. In every time that I go out to walk and pray, I pray the Lord's Prayer. And guess what? I pray this prayer thousands of times, thousands of times, and it never grows old. 
So the Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. We'll unpack that here in just a few few minutes, all right? It was the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus' disciples saw Jesus praying, but then they said to him, teach us to pray. And it's a prayer that's divided into five parts, all right, which we'll unpack in the next few moments. But So just raise your hand and just with your hand like that, five parts. That's the Lord's Prayer divided into five parts. Just always remember that. But here's what I want you to see. When you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer, you'll begin to live the Lord's Prayer. It'll be lived out through your life. Not only are you going to pray it, you're going to live this prayer. So let's take a look at the Lord's Prayer this morning and learn from Jesus not only how to pray this prayer, but how to live this prayer. All right, y'all with me right now? Let's track on this message this morning, and we'll be finished here in the next, what, 12 to 15 minutes, we'll be finished, but you're going to get life every time we turn around here this morning. All right, so let's talk about what it means to live the Lord's Prayer. Living the Lord's Prayer means, first of all, living a life of worship, living a life of worship. Let's take the first part of that prayer that Jesus taught. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed or blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Just say with me right now. Bless the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in fact, David the psalmist wrote this. He said this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David didn't say, I'm going to pray, I'm going to bless the Lord when the economy is good, when there's no pandemic. That's, he says, I'm not going to bless the Lord then. I'll bless the Lord when everything's just going good. No, no, no. He said this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise God. You got problems today? Keep on praising the Lord. Because you say, God, I'm in the middle of a bunch of problems, but I'll tell you what, God, I know you're going to get me out of my problems in the name of Jesus. So I'm just praising you ahead of time. I don't know how this mess is going to work out, but it's going to work out, and I'm going to praise you because I know the answer is coming. Now, why bless the Lord? In other words, living a life of prayer, living a life of prayer, or living the Lord's prayer means living a life of worship, all right? So it means blessing the Lord. So why do we bless the Lord? Well, let me tell you why. Because of all of his benefits. If you're wondering why should I bless the Lord, just think of all of the benefits. In fact, the psalmist David, he wrote this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Praise God. Bless the Lord, then he says, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Do you know there are many benefits of being a believer? Praise God. So what are some of the benefits? He goes on to share them. He says this, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now let me ask you a question here this morning. Those are all benefits of the Lord. And we just read off about six or seven of them, what they, what they are. But how many of you glad this morning that you are forgiven? Give me a loud amen. Amen? How many of you glad that you are healed today, that God heals all of your diseases? Give me a loud amen. By the way, I want to just stop there. I forgot to say at prayer time, please pray for a brother in our church named Pete Vega. He just needs a healing touch from God. Uh, most people that I know that have gotten COVID have had a mild case of it or a medium case of it. But Pete's had a very drastic case of it. He's been in the hospital for about 30 days now on a respirator. 
and his family's been called in about three times just to say they're final, you know, just say, we don't know. We've gone as far as we can go. But we've been praying. I asked you to pray last week, and Pete's been with us all week this week. I got a call last night saying that Pete is, is starting to make progress now. Now, he's coming around the bend, and the doctors are saying we're going to try to wean him off the respirator next week by Wednesday. So I want to just say, keep on praying for Pete Vega. Would you do that? Because we're in the middle of a miracle in the making. Keep on praying. Who forgives your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. How many of you glad this morning that your life has been redeemed from the pit? Can I get a witness? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Praise God. God comes to you every day. Here's more steadfast love. Here's more mercy. His mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is great. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things. Thank you, Lord God. How many of you have been blessed and satisfied with good things from the Lord? I sure have. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, I want to tell you, everybody, God will renew your youth like the eagles. Praise God. Just like your phone needs to be charged up, you need to be charged up. And God will do that. It's one of the many benefits. So we worship the Lord. And one of the reasons we worship God is because he's blessed us so much. Lord, I just worship you and I bless you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Lord God. Now, second part of the prayer that Jesus taught was this is your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But living the Lord's prayer means living a life of obedience. Living a life of obedience. Say it with me right now. Living a life of obedience. So he says, your kingdom come. We pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So one of the most famous songs that Frank Sinatra sang at the end of his career was, I did it my way. I can't reference it, but I'm thinking that it might have been written by Paul Anka. I don't know. But anyway, but Frank Sinatra, the great singer, sang at the end of his career, he said, I did it my way. Well, that's a beautiful song, by the way, but that's really the message of the world today. Do it your way. Have it your way. You deserve a break today. It's all about you. But the better way to live life is by living it God's way rather than our way. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen? Uh, so why? Because God's will is better, and God's way is better, and God's purpose is better, and God's plan is better for our life. So when we live in obedience, we're saying, Lord God, not your will, but not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember when Jesus was dying on the cross to fulfill God's purpose and pay the penalty for our sins. He's dying on the cross now. So when Jesus was on the cross, he could have said, man, I just want a way out of this. How many of you would want to die on a cross? I wouldn't want to die on a cross. And when the time finally came, Jesus was, at least he was honest, and he prayed honestly. And he, he watched this in Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42. So when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of suffering from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Say it with me right now. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And because Jesus was obedient even to death on the cross, God highly exalted him because of his obedience. Listen to me, everyone, this morning. 
If you'll be obedient, God will lift you up in ways that you'd have never thought in your life if you'll just be obedient. In fact, it says this in the Word of God, because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's what I want you to see. Just as God exalted Jesus because of his obedience, God will bless and reward you because of your obedience. Just, I want you to see that. Hey, everyone, every day that you live, you're going to hit some forks in the road. You can do right or you can do wrong. But let me just encourage you to always choose the right path. The path of obedience. Not the path of disobedience, but the path of obedience. And watch that God's going to just lift you up. He's going to bless you. He's going to reward you. And he's going to elevate you. Praise God if you'll just be obedient. obedient. The blessings come with obedience. So that's the second part of the prayer that Jesus taught us to, to pray. There's only five parts to this prayer. We're coming to the third one right now. Jesus then instructed his disciples and he said this. Uh, he, he, well, let me just say this. Living the Lord's prayer means living a life of reliance, living a life of reliance. And Jesus taught this prayer. He said, give us today our daily bread. Would you say that with me right now? Give us today, give us this day our daily bread. Praise God, living a life of reliance. Now, when I was writing this message, I wanted to put down thanksgiving. It's, I got to have thanksgiving in there somewhere. So I, I, I actually put it down. I said, I'm going to put right thanksgiving there. Because I just got to have Thanksgiving in a sermon. It's just a good thing to have Thanksgiving in a sermon. But I had to go right back to the Word of God. And it says this, give us this day our daily bread. And that speaks of reliance, reliance on God. Let me just say this here this morning, everyone. Y'all with me? Look at me right now. Y'all with me? Y'all tracking with me, everybody? You and I have needs that only God can fulfill. And I want to say something here this morning. When we're talking about give us this day our daily bread, we're talking about living a life of reliance on God. Of course, we're thankful, but it's reliance on God. Let me just say something here this morning. I rely on God every single day. I rely on God every single day. And watch this. The more I rely on God, the more I realize how reliable God is. Do you want me to say that again? The more I rely on God, the more I realize how reliable God is. Praise God. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Not all your greeds, but all of your needs in the name of Jesus. And I've watched this play out in my life. And we serve a God with a great history and a great track record of supplying for his people. If you go back to the Old Testament, you'll see the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and when they came out of Egypt, they, God supplied them with food to eat. For 40 years, God rained down bread from heaven, and it was called manna. And they had all the manna they could eat for 40 years. God supplied manna. Then they started complaining. They said, we're tired of eating you know, manna every morning. And it broke God's heart. 
I mean, they were eating banana bread, okay? Whatever they were making. I don't know. They're getting trying to make everything out of this with this bread from heaven. Then God says, It's okay, I'm gonna give you bread from heaven in the morning, and then I'll give you at at twilight, I'll give you quail. So every day they had bread and then they had quail. But what I want you to see is this in the forty years where they even wandered in the wilderness. God fed his people with bread from heaven and quail every day for 40 years. How many know that that's dependence on God? And he gave them manna, bread from heaven. And, oh, I, man, there's so many things here this morning just got going through my head. But remember the Ark of the Covenant? Covenant? Does everyone remember the Ark of the Covenant? I should have had a picture of it, but I don't today. But the Ark of the Covenant, you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? That's the Ark of the Covenant. And the, the cherubim, I believe it is, the angels were the, spread out over the Ark. You know, what's inside the Ark? What's inside the Ark? There's three things inside the Ark. kind of represents the triune God. First of all, in the Ark, there's the tablets or the Ten Commandments, right? Remember that? The tablets are in the Ark. So can you imagine finding the Ark of the Covenant and opening it up and just see the original tablets, the Ten Commandments? And the tablets are in the, in the Ark. And then you have the rod of Aaron. So Aaron was a Levitical priest. And so you have the rod of Aaron that budded. And that comes from the, the tribe of Levi. That's, that's in, the, in, in there. And that's this rod that had the power of God in it, the rod of God. And you can read about it in Exodus, all right? And then the third thing is this. You have this container of manna. And it, this container of manna has to do with it reminded the people that God was with them for 40 years in the wilderness. He never failed them, but he fed them with bread from heaven, manna. Hallelujah. He did it then, and he'll do it now. But it gets even cooler than that. In the Ark of the Covenant, the, the tablet, uh, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, if you will, that represents Christ, the lawgiver, found in Ezra 8. Christ, the lawgiver. And then the rod represents the priesthood come from the tribe of Levi the priesthood all right Aaron's rod that represents Christ our high priest and then you have the manna and the manna represents communion Christ the body of Christ so in that ark of the covenant we have three pictures of Christ the lawgiver the high priest and also the uh, our, our, our communion, the body of Christ, all there in the Ark of the Covenant. Man, that was worth coming to church for right now. Can I get a witness? Amen. Here's what I want you to see. If God provided for his people in the Old Testament, feeding, by the way, there were 600,000 men in the Israelites at that time. The, the, the population wasn't as high as it was. 600,000 men but all together with women and children, it was 2 million people. God provided for 2 million people in the Old Testament. Jesus fed the 5,000 in the New Testament and the 4,000 in the New Testament. I'm talking about God is a God who will provide then and now. He'll provide for you right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen all by myself. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, so here's what I want you to see. Every morning when I go out to walk and pray... I thank God for his divine provision in my life. I even say it that way. God, give us this day our daily bread. Thank you, Lord God, for your divine provision in my life. I don't know how your provision comes, but it sure does. And I thank you, Lord God, for your divine provision in my life. And then I'll say it this way. Uh, you know, I, I thank God. I say, Lord, I thank you for a home to live in, 
for bills that are paid, for food on the table, for health and healing, for family and friends. I thank God for the physical bread that is food for my body, and I thank God for the spiritual bread that is food for my soul. And when I look back at my life, I can see that the Lord has been faithful to me every single day and every year that I have lived. Thank you, Lord God. I have never lacked for any good thing because God has always provided for all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of daily reliance on God. Say it with me, daily reliance on God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, you all blessed me in such a wonderful way at my uh, 65th birthday party. Uh, it was a total surprise to me back on January 11th, uh, or January 10th here at church, and you had this drive through and people gave me gifts, and, and, uh, and uh, people gave me also some money. They felt sorry that I was turning 65, and they just gave me just really nice gifts and everything. And so I saved that money, put it aside. I was able, uh, and, and the board, the church blessed me, and and then just like a week later, my water, my water heater went out at the house. And to get it completely refitted, retooled, and everything put in, the water heater itself, that's not the hard part, but repiping it, reinstalling it, and doing the whole thing, it costs around $2,000. And then, so that, that just, one day I woke up, like two weeks ago, my toilet was leaking in the house on, on the second floor. It was coming out on the floor, just this water just coming out on the floor. And I go, oh, my goodness. So I couldn't get a plumber in, so I plumbed it myself. I went on YouTube and figured it out and went down to Home Depot and bought, you know, a little ring and everything, put it down there and did all that thing. I did that myself. But then I walked out that morning, and the same morning that the toilet was leaking, I went out in the garage, and the garage was full of water. And it was like, oh, my gracious, the, the water heater failed. Now it's leaking out the bottom. Well, I couldn't fix that myself. I could only get so far on it. So, but I was able to call a water uh, heater company, and they came in and changed it out. But it cost $2,000. But God provided the $2,000. And I didn't say, is this some kind of an attack? No, I didn't. I said, thank God I got 18 years out of that water heater. 18 years. Thank you, Lord God. Things break in life, but then God also provided a way to get it fixed. Can I get a witness? Amen. And he provided the money to do it ahead of time. Thank you, everyone, for my birthday gift, my water heater. Thank you, Lord God. All right? Amen. All right. I'm having fun this morning. I'm way over time. But I'm going to finish here within 10 minutes. All right, you watch. All right? Living the Lord's Prayer is also, the fourth thing is this, is living a life of forgiveness. Living a life of forgiveness. Here's the fourth thing that Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our debts or our sins as we have forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. Now, why do we forgive? In fact, in this part of the prayer, Jesus only repeats one part of the prayer, there's five parts of this prayer, but one part he repeats, he emphasizes, and that has to do with forgiveness. Why do we need to forgive? Because he goes on in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. In other words, if you forgive, you will also be forgiven. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have been forgiven? How many of you need forgiveness in your life? If you need forgiveness in your life, you're going to have to give forgiveness in your life. And I put this in my notes. If you want to be forgiven, you must first be a forgiver. 
Say that with me this morning. If you want to be forgiven, you must first be a forgiver to walk in forgiveness. Man, I'll tell you, when I go out to walk and pray, and I'll pray this prayer, God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and I'll be a walk and pray. Now, but this gets lived out in my life. Lord, let me walk and live in forgiveness. Lord, I want to be forgiven. I know that I've offended some people along the way. I don't even know who they are, but I pray that they'll forgive me. But, Lord, I'm going to forgive them as well. Walk and live in forgiveness. And I'll tell you what, if you hold on to unforgiveness, you're the one who's in prisoner. You're the one who's in prison, not the other person that you're, you know, that you're not giving forgiveness. In fact, I love this quote by a Christian author named Louis B. Smeads. He was a teacher in Southern California, a very renowned writer. He says this, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. So when you forgive, it's to set a prisoner free and then to discover that that prisoner was you. Walk in forgiveness. Living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of forgiveness. Now, here's the fifth thing. We're right at the fifth thing right now. Living a, the Lord's Prayer means living a life of freedom. Living a life of freedom. Jesus taught this. He said, "In lead us not into temptation, but... Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Let me say this right now. Anyone who's been delivered from the evil one has been set free. How many of you remember when the devil had a hold on you, but then thank God, God got a hold of you, and he set you free. He broke the chains that bound you, and he set you free. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen? Hallelujah. The devil wants you to be in bondage, but God wants you to live in freedom. The devil wants you to be in bondage. Man, I used to talk about this southern preacher, a, a lady that would preach in the south down in Kentucky. She talked with a little bit of a southern, you know, accent. She says, she's preaching away. She goes, there's nothing good about the devil. Nothing good about the devil. Even his name is evil. He says, you just take, there's nothing good about the devil. In fact, D-E-V-I-L, that's how you spell his name. Devil, he says, you take the D away and what do you got left? You got evil. There's nothing. He's very evil. And if you take the E away, all you got left is vile, and the devil is very vile. And if you take the I away, all you got, if you take the V away, all you got is ill, and the devil will make you ill. And then if you take away the I, all you got left is L, and that's exactly where you're going to go. You're going to go straight to L if you serve the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil's a bad devil, but God is a good God. Can I get a witness? Amen. Well, the devil wants you to be in bondage, but God wants you to be in freedom. In fact, in Exodus 22, it says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Don't go back to the chains. Get out of the chains. So if the Son, Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus is teaching us right now, don't be led into temptation, but Lord, deliver us from the evil one in the name of Jesus. And then you can know this about temptation. You know this already. It's in the Word. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but with every temptation, He'll make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Praise God. So that's why we pray that prayer. Jesus said, pray this. Lord, today I don't want to be led into temptation, but God, deliver me from evil right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've noticed, you know, on, online, even in Facebook, you know, if you're trying to avoid evil, even the devil will bring evil right to you on a plate. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll find ways to tempt you. Even in the most innocent of settings, he'll find ways to tempt you. It's like, man, I'm trying to avoid temptation. And when you're trying to avoid it, he'll even bring temptation right into your way. And that's why you've got to know to say no to the devil. And you've got to be able to turn away and just say, he'll make a way of escape. There's no temptation that's come your way except as common to man. But God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. Praise God. That's why every single day we need to be praying, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from not just evil, but from the evil one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, this is good preaching this morning. I'm getting blessed by this. I'm going to be helped by this this week in the name of Jesus. If you're not getting blessed, at least I am. I'm going to live a better life this just from the word that I'm sharing with you right now. So we talked about the Lord's Prayer, not only praying the Lord's Prayer, everyone, but living the Lord's Prayer. Let's wrap it up right now. Living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of worship. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of obedience. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your rule and your reign, your purpose, your plan, all of those things your, uh, be done. Living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of reliance. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, every single day I rely on you. Lord, I'm looking to you supply all of our needs. Living the Lord's Prayer is living a life of forgiveness. Lord, let me walk in forgiveness. Lord God, I need to be forgiven, so let me first be a forgiver. And then living the Lord's Prayer is a life free of bondage. It's living a life of freedom. So lead me not into temptation, Lord God. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. We started this, and I've mentioned it for the third time right now. When you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer, you'll begin to live the Lord's Prayer. It'll just happen. Man, you're not only just praying it, but you are living it in the name of Jesus. Now, everyone, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you before we go today, all right? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we've prayed the Lord's Prayer, but now let us live the Lord's Prayer living a life of worship, obedience, reliance, forgiveness, and freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank you this morning for just joining us at Harvest Church at home, and I hope that you'll have an extra blessed week. I just pray speak blessing and favor over you in the name of Jesus. And I look forward to seeing you next week. We'll be meeting on campus, hallelujah, next Sunday, February 14th at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. We'll be back on campus where we need to be. Man, I'll tell you what, the atmosphere is so much more different here than online. You get a taste of it at home online, but there's nothing like being in a corporate setting, being together with God's people and being in the presence of the Lord. So we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Have a great day. I hope your team wins. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram 
at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Music